the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Joining me now, Dr. Jeff Rosen from briefing.com. He is the chief economist. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Oh, pretty good. How about yourself? Doing well today. Doing well for sure. Um, the ADP numbers, are they the, the big economic data point for the day? Yeah, they're the big economic point of the day. Uh, they're completely meaningless, but you know, people tend to look at it because it seems to be, you know, a precursor to the uh, unemployment report. So people like to, you know, get some kind of insight, even though the correlation between that and the actual numbers are, are pretty weak. Why is that? Like you almost are snarky with this commentary here. Why is yeah, it there's such a big disconnect? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's tough to, to get a grasp on it. The ADP number by itself, what it, what it is, is in historically it used to be just the change in uh, payrolls that uh, the ADP processed. And then during the recession, the ADP numbers and the actual employment report just diverged, you know, tremendously. And a lot of that was that um, the companies that used ADP processing weren't laying off as wor- the workers as quickly as the rest of the general economy. So you were seeing relatively benign payroll losses in the ADP, and you were seeing massive drops in the official numbers. And, um, you know, it, it made the ADP report by itself a little useless. So they decided to change the way the report was functioning. So instead of being, you know, its own independent index, they created it to be an estimate of the official payroll numbers. So at the time, it was created by Macroeconomic Advisors, an economic consulting company, and they came up with an estimate for, you know, what the payroll numbers were going to be after all the revisions came out. So they knew they weren't going to be close to what the, or or exact to what the first number was going to be, but they assumed that they would get better as, uh, you know, the revisions came in. That product has been... I don't know if it was sold or transferred, but uh, it's not run by macroeconomic advisors anymore. It's now run by Moody's.com uh, or Moody'sEconomy.com, and it's um, economist Mark Zandi is the uh, the official one in charge of the ADP numbers. And ever since the Moody's took over, Economy.com took over, the numbers have become less and less correlated with the actual numbers. So we get a report now that. You know, it's supposed to be an estimate of the official numbers, but the forecasting accuracy is terrible. 
So, you know, you kind of want to say, can you just go back to the way it was in the beginning where it was just a separate number produced by ADP that gave, you know, an indication of the companies that ADP used, but at least it was an idea of how things were trending. Now it's just a hodgepodge of estimates, and I, and I think it does a terrible job at, at forecasting. At briefing.com, you publish a lot of economic statistics, and one of the economic views on the perspective page, you mentioned today that ADP employment change has a high trading impact. With a lot of what you're saying, of you're kind of debunking it. Why does it have such a high impact? Why are people you know, putting so much value on? I, I don't know. And it's, it's very similar to consumer confidence, for example. You know, okay. Consumer confidence, for some reason, is a very big in, uh, movement of the markets. Consumer confidence, historically, has had almost zero correlation with uh, income trends. Not, sorry, not income trends, consumption trends. So just because you feel happy doesn't mean you're going to spend more. But... The market assumes that to be the case. Reality is, if your income goes up, your spending goes up. So if you want to see how income is, or see how consumption's doing, you look at the income numbers. Don't look at anything else that's in this, you know, uh, consumer confidence, consumer sentiment numbers. But the market is fixated on the idea that this is telling, you know, this is explaining what's going to happen, and, and it doesn't. You know, it's similar to this. You know, they're looking for a number that explains, you know, employment before the official number comes out. So they're using this as a forecasting tool to say, you know, the economy is doing better than they expect or worse than they expect. But in reality is the number doesn't give you any indication or it gives you very poor indication of how the actual employment dynamics are working just because the number is not a very good forecast overall of the employment data. So... Let's change topics, because I think we've beaten this one to death. Crude inventories, why is that number important? Because, again, at briefing.com, under the professional services, on the economic views, you rate the trading impact on crude inventories as high. I don't think most of our listeners pay attention to crude inventories. I don't know if it's necessarily high for the stock market. It's high for commodity traders. And since we have, okay. you know, as a service, we... we, we you know, list uh, trading ideas on commodities. In, in that respect, it's important. Same thing with um, tomorrow's uh, natural gas report. You know, for the most people, you know, natural gas uh, you know, changes in, in stock isn't very important. But to the people that are trading, you know, nat gas futures or are pricing in, you know, changes to nat gas prices, it's important. So in that respect, it's kind of a segmented system, uh, area in our own um, service, but we don't have a way of, you know, specifying that these are good for commodities people, these are good for bonds people, these are good for uh, stock people. So we take the general of is it really important to somebody that, you know, is part of our subscriber base, and we base it off that. So this morning, St. Louis Fed President James Bullard, on an interview on Bloomberg Radio, said he expects the first rate hike to come in the first quarter of 2015. He concedes that he's ahead of most of his colleagues. He cites U.S. economic growth, uh, Europe out of a recession, inflation closer to 2% target. Are you expecting interest rates to rise early 2015 or not speculating at all? 
No, and I was actually surprised that Bullard, you know, mentioned that because he's focused much more on inflation than on employment dynamics and and other indicators of of economic progress. And there is nothing in the data right now that suggests that we're going to have, you know, above-trend inflation, you know, in the beginning of 2015, which would warrant a rate hike. Um, And it's kind of surprising from him because he's also said in the past that, you know, we shouldn't taper or we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves because inflation was running so much below expectations or so much below their target. So to come out and say, you know, we're at right now, I think, 1% year-over-year inflation, that inflation all of a sudden is going to surge over the next, you know, 12 months, let's say, uh, to get back to target, even though income growth remains weak, even though there is still slack in the employment uh, sector, I, I don't buy it. You know, it. It seems to be very over ahead of itself. I'm not sure if I can ask you this, but what do you expect the stock market to do when interest rates do start to move higher, whether it's the first quarter of 2015 or later in 2015? Um. I don't know. I, I think that it all depends okay. on what the economic situation is. I mean, if you're, if we're realistically at three and a half percent GDP growth and the rate goes up, I don't see the stock market being, you know, negatively impacted. If we're at two percent GDP, like we've been at, you know, for the last few years, and the Fed decides, okay, now we're going to start, you know, raising rates. Basically, they're telling, you know, everybody that. You know, don't expect 3% GDP anymore. 2% is about what it is. And if this is our, our potential growth pattern, you know, you know, take that into mind when you're, when you're buying and purchasing stocks because, you know, the, the expectations for, for profits and income uh, and revenues are vastly lower than what we've historically seen. Any expectations for Friday's jobs report? I'm at 185, um, based on where the claims numbers are. Uh, I think a number around 200 is plausible. Um, I'm not in the camp where, you know, I think that there was a, uh, a hold-off in, in job production during the first couple months because of winter weather, and all of a sudden those jobs will show up in, um, in March and we'll have like a 250, 260 number. I don't buy that. Uh, I, I also don't think we're going to go to, you know, to 150 uh, again, just because you know initial claims for the month of March were, you know, about a, about 320,000, which are about 20,000 less than what we've seen over the last you know previous couple of months. So I think we're we're seeing general reductions in layoffs, which support payroll growth in 185 to 200, not much more, and, and definitely not much less. Anything that you're working on right now, Dr. Jeff Rosen, that we should be aware of? Any ideas or? thoughts um i've been looking at the auto industry this week we had the auto numbers that came out today they were really strong you know wondering if that's a uh, an anomaly or if that's something that we should you know take into consideration as a trend it's the best number since november um there's some caveats the number if you look deeper you had uh I believe an extra weekend day in March that boosted uh, sales, and I think you also had a uh, an increase in incentives that um, you know basically lowered prices to uh, attract demand. So trying to see how that is. I also want to look at um, subprimes and wondering if uh, 
the auto subprime industry is, is the uh, mitigating factor for for strong growth over the over you know this month or a couple months before that. And if banks start to tighten on that, what would happen? Thanks very much. Have a good day. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen with Briefing.com, an outstanding source of non-biased information tied towards the economies and world stock markets and much, much more. You can find out more at Briefing.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.